Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today, which means that you'll hear two hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson, and it's September 21st. Princess Alexandra Amalia of Bavaria died on this day in 1875. She was part of the House of Wittelsbach, which ruled Bavaria for more than 700 years until the early 20th century. She was born on August 26th of 1826. Her father was Ludwig I of Bavaria, but he left the throne very abruptly after a public extramarital affair Alexandra's brother then assumed the throne in 1848 and ruled as Maximilian II until 1864. Alexandra was 22 when this happened, and she had had a very lonely upbringing. It was not a particularly happy childhood or adolescence. She was also the only one of her siblings not to marry, and she had some signs of mental illness, including a very intense preoccupation with cleanliness. And her behavior was a little eccentric. She, for example, would only wear white. About a year after her father's abdication, when Alexander was 23, her parents saw her walking sideways and clearly struggling in the palace. Her parents asked her what was wrong, and she said that when she was a child, she had swallowed a grand piano made of glass. She was afraid that if she bumped into anything, she would shatter. There were two things that seemed particularly odd about this delusion. One was that she believed she had swallowed something that was much bigger than she was, and the other was that she came to believe as an adult that she had done this when she was a child and that this piano was still inside of her. This caused her physical distress. It made her very careful of how she moved around. Another year or so later, in 1850, she was treated in a mental institution. It seems like she did recover there, at least somewhat. In 1852, she started to publish books of stories and essays and poems and other work, and she also worked in a children's theater. Eventually, she went to a convent in Munich, and she spent a lot of her later life there, including becoming an abbess. She died at the family's summer palace at the age of 49 on September 21st of 1875. But this isn't just a sad story of a lonely young woman and a psychiatric disorder. From the Middle Ages through the 19th century, doctors reported a number of patients who believed that part of their body was made of glass. This became known as the glass delusion. Basically, people thought that they were turning into glass or that they were made of glass or that they had become some kind of a glass object, like a flask or a lamp. People who had this delusion would take a lot of care not to be bumped or jostled or to come into contact with anything hard because of the fear that they would shatter. So people who had this delusion might, for example, always sit on cushions because they were afraid if they sat on a hard chair that they would physically break. A lot of writers have talked about the fear of harm coming to your body and that manifesting as this glass delusion. But we wouldn't diagnose somebody with a glass delusion today. The delusion itself would be a symptom of some particular psychiatric disorder rather than describing the disorder itself. 
You can learn more about Princess Alexandra and the glass delusion on the April 24th, 2013 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class. That one's called The Princess Who Swallowed a Glass Piano. Thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio work on this podcast. And you can subscribe to This Day in History Class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for an assassination in the Zulu Kingdom. Hi there. Welcome to This Day in History Class, where we sift through the artifacts of history seven days a week. The day was September 21st, 1897. In an editorial in the New York Sun, writer Francis Varcellus Church responded to a girl's question of whether there is really a Santa Claus. The editorial is the most reprinted in the English language. Earlier that month, a girl living in New York City named Virginia O'Hanlon wrote a letter to the New York Sun. It said, Dear editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Francis Farcellus Church was a Columbia College graduate and a longtime writer at the New York Sun. The newspaper was known for its engaging writing and its human interest stories. Church's brother once owned the New York Sun, and Church wrote for it then. He left the paper when the family sold it back to its original owner. But he returned in 1874 as an editor and writer under editor-in-chief Edward P. Mitchell. He wrote thousands of editorials for The Sun, but he is best remembered for his response to Virginia O'Hanlon. Church was given the task of answering Virginia's question in The Sun. He was known for writing about controversial issues, especially ones about politics and religion. So Virginia's question was normally not in his wheelhouse. Mitchell said that he, quote, bristled and poo-pooed at the subject, but he took the letter and turned with an air of resignation to his desk and in a short time produced the classic expression of Christmas sentiment. He began his anonymous letter by writing, quote, Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. He goes on to say the following, Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist. And you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus became the most memorable line of the editorial, which did not deny there was a Santa Claus, but also did not affirm that Santa Claus existed. It provided commentary on faith, much of which was more for adult readers than for Virginia. Neither Church nor The Sun considered the editorial remarkable. It was buried between other unremarkable articles in the paper, but the editorial was popular with readers of The Sun. That said, it did have its critics, like those who thought Church was encouraging children to believe in fantasies and discouraging healthy skepticism. After initially turning down requests for reprints of Yes, Virginia, the paper reprinted it in 1902. It wasn't revealed that Church wrote the editorial until after his death in 1906. 
At that point, the paper reprinted the editorial under Church's name. In 1924, The Sun began publishing it as the lead editorial around Christmas time every year until the paper folded in 1950. Virginia O'Hanlon became a school teacher and once said that she appreciated the editorial's philosophy more as she got older. Over the years, the editorial became a part of popular culture, inspiring music, movies, plays, and other works. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you haven't gotten your fill of history after listening to today's episode, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another day in history. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.